Everybody doing all right? Maybe. We're about to do some stuff today, y'all. If you would, turn to Acts chapter 17. This is what we're going to do. We're going to, let me look down here. We're going to build this puzzle right here, all right? I can't see it up here, so I'll just step down and then come back up. I'm going to be mobile on y'all today, all right? We are going to build a puzzle, three pieces. I want to put them together, hang with me, and you know how it is. You see that piece right there? It doesn't look quite right, does it? It doesn't look like it's fit all the way together. That eye looks a little bit low, but boy, once you put that piece in there, it'll fit just like it needs to, right? And the Bible is just the same way. If you study to show yourself approved, guess what? You will find out the truth, and it will blow you away. I'm just like, wow, sometimes. When I study God's Word, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I study it, the more and more I apply myself to it, guess what I find myself saying? Wow, that is unbelievable. I can't believe that. And I've read it a million times, right? I've read the Bible so much that I should know everything, but guess what? I don't. Not even close. And I'll never get that until I'm done and I'm in heaven. And then it won't matter anyway because then I'll be with the one that really matters and that's Jesus. Amen? I'll get to be with him forever and what a great time that will be one day. I'm longing and hoping for that day. Aren't you? Aren't you excited to know that as a Christian one day you get to go to heaven and be with the Lord forever? That's a blessing. So this morning I want to start our uh, building this uh, puzzle uh, in Acts chapter 17. This is a a lesson that we've gone over before and I've actually preached out of Acts 17. I started in in verse 10 talking about the Bereans, but I want to back up and actually talk about the Thessalonians. I want to talk about what Paul did in Thessalonica. I want to look at a comment that Uh, some Jews who weren't persuaded what they said, and I want us to think about it and consider it. The title of my lesson this morning is Turning the World Upside Down. Timothy, you may just flip it for me. That'll be better. Then I won't move on y'all. All All right. So let's start in uh, Acts 17, verse number 2. It says, Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks And not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. And then verse 5 says this, But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason had harbored them 
And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. Paul and Silas had come into Thessalonica and they were reasoning with these Jews and they explained and demonstrated who Jesus was, that he was the Christ. And because of that, the ones who weren't persuaded went into the city, caused a huge uproar and made the statement, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What a statement. What a thought. You see on my uh, PowerPoint, the hand is like this, right? When I took the picture originally, it was like this, and it was holding the world the right way. But now you can see he's flipped his hand, and the world is literally upside down on the PowerPoint. Pretty cool, right? That's what I want to do this morning. I want to remind us of what we have the ability to do. We have the ability to turn the world upside down. Now I want us to get another piece of this puzzle. I want us to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. This is the letter to the Thessalonians. And this is when this took place. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse and chapter 1 real quick, but I do want to read uh, verses 1 and 2 just real quick of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 1 says, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. In Acts chapter 16, just before Paul goes into Thessalonica, he is in Philippi where he's arrested. And you remember uh, Philip, <clears throat> you remember that Paul baptizes the Philippian jailer. And after he does that, then he leaves and he heads into Thessalonica. So here Paul is writing back to the Thessalonians. And here's where it starts getting really cool. I want you to look at chapter 1, okay? These many multitude, this great multitude of devout Greeks and some of the Jews, those who obeyed the gospel in Thessalonica, Paul writes about them. And he says something about them. I want you to uh, look at verse 2. It says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Remembering without ceasing, ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And I want you to focus in on what Paul says about these Thessalonians. Verse 6 says this, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word of the Lord, the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia, who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out 
so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. And I know that's a lot, but please just bear with me. Please, God's Word is just amazing. I want you to really understand what we're talking about here, and then you can get the application. Then you can see the whole picture. So the first piece of the puzzle is, here they were in Thessalonica, Paul and Silas, and what are they doing? They're having... They're reasoning with the Jews uh, in the synagogues, and not many of the Jews uh, obey the gospel, but these Greeks do. A great multitude obeys, and, and these women do also. And what happens is the ones who are mad cause an uproar. They say that these guys are turning the world upside down. But now Paul writes back, and he writes back and he says some things about these Christians who were in Thessalonica. It says that they were examples. Verse 6. I mean verse 7, sorry. So that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. And not only were they examples, but the word of the Lord sounded forth in every place about them. About them. And not only that, but their faith toward God had gone out to other people. And not only that, but the others came to Paul and Silas and were declaring to them how that they had turned from idols and turned to serve the living God. These people were getting talked about. Why were they getting talked about? Because they were gossips? Because they were doing uh, their thing? No. Because they had turned to serve the living God. Man, I want to hear about those type of people. Amen? Doesn't Doesn't that pump you up, as I would say? Doesn't that make you excited when you hear about people who are like this? Who are examples? Who are people that are sounding forth? People all around that area knew who they were. They knew what type of people they were. I love what it says in verse 9. It says, for they themselves, the people around, they declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. Think about that. They are declaring to Paul and Silas what they had done To them, what they had taught them, what they had told them, whatever y'all did, whatever you said to them, however you were to them, it changed who they were. Wow, that's powerful, ain't it? And guess what? Doug had a great song, uh, songs that he led. Mark had a great prayer. Guess who gets to do that nowadays? We do. We get to go and do those things. We get to do the same thing that Paul and Silas did. But I want to look at how they did it. I want to look at how they did it. It's it's, it's really interesting, this second chapter of Thessalonians. You know, I've read this a whole bunch. And I've read it, and I've looked at it and pulled some points out of it, but I never have really sat there and dug in. 
Hey, you want to know when God's Word comes alive? When you just don't breeze through it. When you take a verse and you really look at it. When you really think about it. When you really see what it says, then the fruit comes out. But guess what? If you're not reading your Bible, if you're not taking time to study God's Word, guess what you never get? You never get to receive the nutrients. Brethren, we have something that will change your life. But it doesn't come from just, yes, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night is great. And you got to be here. Because that's what we're commanded to do is to be here. But we got to do more than just get it here. We got to get it at the house. We got to get it in the morning. We got to get it in the afternoon. It's got to be a part of who we are. And guess what happens? The kingdom and Jesus comes off of the back burner and it comes in the front. Jesus and His kingdom becomes the very first thing that I focus on. Not my job. Huh. Wait a minute. Not my job? Mm. The kingdom. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. And all these things I'll add unto you. I'll make you have a good job. I'll make you have the money you need. I'll do all that. But seek my kingdom first. Now look at Paul. Look at the type of man this guy was. I want you to see this example. You can see why God chose this guy. Not because he was some exalted uh, man just like Jesus. This guy was a human being. It shows the example that we can do it too. And watch how he does this. Look at verse 1 and 2. Sorry that I got so excited. Sorry about that. I mean, I just got to do that. I can't help it. This right here is a game changer for me, y'all. I'm telling you right now. This right here will affect the world. Literally. That word obviously is, is getting blown around a lot. I'm hearing literally all the time. But guess what? It literally will turn the world upside down if we go and do this right here. What I'm about to talk about. Three points in the lesson yours. Hang with me. Here we go. For yourselves, for you yourselves, verse 1, know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of uh, God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanliness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak. Not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. And I want to stop right there. No matter how good we talk, no matter how educated we are, we all can tell somebody what God did for us. Amen? I can tell somebody what God did for me. And guess what he did? He sent Jesus Christ and he died on the cross for my sins. And because of that, I have a hope that I can be saved and be found right in his eyes. Amen. We all have the ability to do that. But maybe you say, no, I can't. 
Well, that depends on how you answer this question. How much do you believe in your God? Because Paul says in verse 2 at the very end, he says, even though they were spitefully treated in Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God. Philippians 4.13 still says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? It still says it. It still says that I can do anything through Christ. I can do anything through Christ. Paul said he was bold in his God. He was bold to do it. Paul was under attack wherever he went. And the reason Paul was chosen, like I said before, because we see his example. We see the boldness in the way he talks, the way he acts. We're studying it in class. This guy is constantly under attack, and guess what? He continues to persevere. Amen, brother. What an example. But look at what he says. Also, the first thing that I want us to think about is that we need to preach the gospel. The first point is that we must preach the gospel. Verse 4 tells us that, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak. Brethren, the only way for people to be saved is to hear the gospel. The only way. I mean, that song we just sang talked about the neighbors, people who don't know Jesus. Brethren, do we want them to die and not go to heaven or not have the opportunity to hear it? Or is work number one? I understand what that means. I'm not trying to get on anybody. I'm trying to encourage us to realize really what the mission is. And when we realize what the mission really is, there ain't no more talk. It's just do. Man, I want to be like that. I want to be like Paul all the time. But look at what he says. He says, not as pleasing men. Not pleasing men. Not with flattering words. Not with a cloak for covetousness. Not seeking glory from men. No, I do it because I understand that God tests my heart. He said, God who tests our hearts knows what it is about. Now, I can go out here and say that I baptized 55 people, and that's great. But what does that start to become? It starts to become it's all about me, ain't it? It doesn't matter how many people that I baptize because guess what? How many more are you going to try and baptize? How many more are you going to continue to talk about? How many people at work are you going to try and talk to? And if they don't want to hear it, you keep doing it. But boy, there's such a connection with not only preaching the gospel in this lesson right here that you have no excuse. I love it. It builds us together to be successful as a Christian. To be able to be successful to change other people's lives if we apply it. Look at what it says in verse 6. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we might have been made 
demand, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Now, if anybody could have made demands, if anybody could have said, hey, you need to help me out, who, who would it have been? It, could have been, it would have been the apostles, amen? They could have pulled the card and said, you know what, I need y'all to take care of me. Uh, I'm an apostle of Jesus, and, and you guys need to kind of cater with my crew that I brought with me right now, and, and, and I appreciate it. And, and then we'll kind of get into, no, they didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. They made sure that they wasn't a burden, is what we're going to find out in just a minute. They found that they wanted to not be a burden to anybody. Why was that? Why was that? Because they were caring about people's souls. Which brings me to the second point. And this is a weird point. Look at this. Like a mother. You want to know how we turn the world upside down? We're like a mother. Wait a minute. How can I be like a mother? Let's look at what it says. Verse 7. But we were gentle among you. Paul, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. I don't understand what that's like, but I can see the example from a mother taking care of her baby. Amen? Isn't that something special to see? I thank the Lord for godly mothers. Moms, think about that. Think about the way you acted when you were feeding your baby. I think about Logan. He's big now. Look, when he used to be a baby, Misty was taking care of Logan. You know, when we're trying to talk to people about the gospel, when people have obeyed the gospel, what do we do? Do we expect them to know every single thing about the truth? Or are we gentle with them? Do we care about them? Look at what it says. So affectionately longing for you. We were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but our own lives. Because you had become dear to us. Now here's the question. Maybe you can preach the gospel to somebody. Maybe you can tell them the truth. But do you just tell them the truth and then go on about your business? Or do you do as Paul says? Impart your life upon them. You want to know why these Thessalonians were going out and changing the world? And they were able to uh, sound forth this faith? Because they knew people loved them. And was there for them. Like a mama takes care of her baby. Do we care about each other like that, brethren? Are we there for each other like that? Or do we just pass on the way in and out? Are we in each other's lives, brethren? Do we care about those things? Do we try and help those younger Christians to grow more mature? So they can go out and do the same thing? Look at verse 9. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil. For laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. 
I strive to live in such a way to be an example. Amen? I strive to live in such a way that people will say, this guy is different. But here's the thing. I don't do it so everybody can look at me and say, man, look at how good he is. No, you know what? I'm right in their face helping them out. I'm involved in their life. I've given them my life to help them. Because you remember what Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. What did he do? He got down on his feet. He got down on his knees. And he washed the disciples' feet. The King. The Almighty. Because other people were that important to him. If we want to turn the world upside down, brethren, we got to preach the gospel. If we want to turn the world upside down, brethren, we got to act like a mother. And finally, if we want to turn the world upside down, then we got to be like a father. You think about the the principle of a mother and a father in the Bible. You think about how important it is. You think about why God hates divorce. God had the father to do specific things, and God has the mother to do specific things. And when you think about this, what is so beautiful about it is we have mothers and fathers right here in this congregation. Amen? We have that set up. So guess what? We can be successful in doing like Paul said. But I want you to read what he says right here in verse 10, 11, and 12, and then we'll be done. He says, you are witnesses, and God also, how devotely and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. That you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. <laughs> I always hated it when my daddy told me what to do, you know it? Especially if I didn't want to do it. But I'll tell you this, for the most part... Everything he told me was true. Don't do this or this is going to happen. Don't do this or this is going to happen. Look at what it says that we should do, brethren. Not only with new Christians, not only with people that we're trying to uh, preach the gospel to, but brethren, look at what it says. He says that they were devout. They were just. They were blameless. They exhorted, they comforted. You know, Libby doesn't want anything to do with me in the morning time. 7 a.m., she don't even want to be by me. But guess what? About 7.30, 8 o'clock, when she gets ready to go to sleep, guess who she wants? Daddy. Now, why does she want me? Because she wants to be comforted. It's a comforting thing. The storms happened the other day. It was pouring rain and thunder. She's a little bit scared of thunder. Here comes the thunder, and guess what? Out of nowhere, I hear in the bed, Daddy, I love you. 
And what do I say back to her? Oh, I love you too. You know, I'm, you know I cried. I ain't going to lie. I was going to say I didn't, but I did. <clears throat> Lying up here trying to preach. <laughs> Made me emotional. But look at the point. She needed comfort. Brethren, we can comfort each other. But we have to be willing to give our lives to each other. We can't just, again, pass on the way and then that's it. I see you Wednesday. I see you Sunday night, man. No. It's way more than that. You remember those uh, first century Christians? They had all things in common. Amen? They had all things in common. They were together. They were a part of each other. And I love what this says, and I'm done. And they charged every one of you. You ever had a motivational speech? You ever had one of those speeches that you was just like, you right, man, let's go do it. I tried to give one in football a couple times, and it was terrible. They asked me two, three times, hey, man, you're the quarterback. You're the leader of the team, dude. You need to give a motivational speech. I give a motivational speech, and coach would be like, we'll probably get somebody else. <laughs> I mean, that was all right, but... I'm like, whatever you got to do, coach. I mean, I try my best, right? <clears throat> but he gives them this charge. He gives them this charge to do something. And this is the charge I want to give you guys, brethren. To walk worthy of God who calls you. To walk worthy of God who calls you into His own kingdom. That's what He's given us. He's given us the ability to walk into His kingdom and be a part of it. The biggest kingdom ever. Brethren, what an encouraging thing when we put all the pieces of the puzzle together. We see Paul going and preaching the gospel despite being spitefully treated and giving his life Looking out not only for himself, but he looks out for the others, even the more. And by doing it, what happens is it brings out a people that sound forth. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. And how you turned from God, to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Well, how did it happen? And I'm about to step down here and read this verse with y'all. And then we're going to have the invitation. Look at what this verse says. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 We were pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Because you had become dear to us. Brethren, how do we feel about that? Are we ready to preach the gospel? Are we ready to impart our lives to give up some of our self stuff and go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to exalt God in my life over anything. Because I really care about you. Because <laughs> I really care about you. I really love you. I really want to be a part of your life. I really want to know what's going on in your life. You want to know what the saddest thing that I see sometimes in the brotherhood People don't really care about me. I talk to them, and guess how they look at me? They look off into the wind like it ain't even that big of a deal. 
Hey, how you doing, brother? Yeah, you doing all right? Yeah, appreciate you. Yeah, man, appreciate your work, man. Thanks for what you're doing. Really? <laughs> man, I've been praying for you for a week. I've been praying hard for you for a month on a specific thing. And you can't even give me eye contact? Man, that's discouraging, ain't it? Let's not be that type of people. Let's care about people. Let's en engulf ourselves in their lives and want to be there for them. And when we do that, we will turn the world upside down. I promise you that. We see the example. But it only is going to happen is if we do it. But maybe you're here today and you ain't even a child of God. Maybe you're here and you're not even a Christian. Don't wait. Jesus Christ is going to come back one day. It's going to be all over. And you won't have opportunity to make it right. And the way you do it is by the gospel. The way you do it is by obedience to the gospel. Believing who Jesus is. Believing what he did. Repenting of your sins. Confessing his name before men. Saying that you believe that he's the son of God. And being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. And Jesus gives a great charge in Revelations 2.10. He says, be faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life. Don't you want to live forever? Come follow me. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now together we stand and sing.